0: Hello and welcome back to the Brand Matters Podcast. I'm Josh Ong, your host, and this episode we're going to be talking about the first impressions for iPhone X. I'm recording a little late from home today, so you'll get some family noise in the background, so my apologies for the extra guests. I mentioned in an earlier episode that I was going to stick with the X branding because I felt that iPhone X was a mistake I've since met a couple people who do call it the iPhone X, so at least Apple marketing did get through to some customers, but in general, everyone's just asking about the X, so I'm going to stick with it. Apologies if you are from the X camp. All right, so the, the iPhone X, I think it's a great phone. It's not perfect, but I will say it's the best iPhone so far, and if I had to choose one device to stick with, if I had to get rid of anything else that I'm using, I could get by with just this phone. I could do probably 90% of my work. might be a little slower for things like document editing, but if I got rid of some of the mental blocks, a big chunk of my work could be done on this phone. And it's, in many ways, just a delight to use. The screen is beautiful. There's some really fun features that it has specifically, and it's so close to being a real remarkable leap in, in how we use our devices now I haven't used the pixel 2 so I can't compare it to you know another flagship phone that's coming out this season but as far as I'm concerned based on other Android phones I've used and the iPhone 7 and the iPhone 6S this is really an exceptional product that Apple has made now I do have a few complaints and I'll talk about that but overall I don't find that the premium markup is is an issue I think um, it's a it's a great phone and for people who can hold on to it and use it and hopefully get device insurance if you need it it's going to be a really valuable part of their mobile and technological life so i don't have an issue for spending a little extra on this phone now long term i'm more of a two-year phone kind of customer and so i'm hoping you know i hang on to this for the next year Apple maybe comes out with, like, an X2, an iPhone 9, or an 8S, or something. And hopefully nothing's such a crazy good jump that I feel the need to turn in my phone. I've found that my phones last probably about a year and a half, year and nine months, before I start to feel like they're degrading. And I limp through those last few months to get to that second-year model. My main phone recently has been an iPhone 6S Plus. So my wife has the 7, but I skipped the 7 and waited for what I was hoping would be the X. And I've broken the screen twice, I fixed it once, and then just left it cracked the second time. I have smashed the volume button, so the volume button is stuck and often just wedged at maximum volume with a display on the screen. The battery is in terrible shape. Uh, The other day, the swiping one on the fritz and it, my my iPhone just kept switching to the the last home screen page and so it was it was just totally freaked out the cameras broken so I think I broke the optical image stabilizer so the camera is has a hard time focus and it's really jittery uh, when I'm recording even just simple video so my iPhone 6S was Plus was was just in terrible condition I had a 6S and then actually one um, success plus at work and so i switched to that one in january 2016 i guess so i hadn't even had the phone for two years and i'll be honest a lot of the issues are my fault um like all the drops and stuff but i think given how often i use the phone and in all the different environments when i use it and how much i'm on the go it's normal for these things to fall out of our hands and 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 break. So switching to the X from a phone that was having so many issues was a real jump up. Let's talk about a few of the special features that are unique to the iPhone X. Face ID, in many ways, it's magical. I love so much about it. It is not working perfectly for me. It's good enough that I think it's fine they released it in the wild, but I find like it doesn't recognize me when I don't have my glasses on. So when I get up in the morning, I have to put my glasses on or if I'm up in the middle of the night, I have to just type in the code. Uh, It sometimes has trouble with distance. So sometimes if I'm holding the phone like at a certain distance and it's just like stays locked, I have to move it around and give it a different angle on my face. I know Apple says using machine learning, the face ID will get used to changes in your appearance over time. Uh, For instance, I shaved and it didn't recognize me at first, but now it recognizes me. So hopefully it's going to get even better as as we go. My favorite feature about Face ID is when notifications come in on your phone, it'll show you that an app has a notification, but it won't show the content of that notification until you're looking at it and your face has unlocked it. And I think that's really great for privacy. Obviously, you could be getting texts from your friends that are really embarrassing. And if you're at work, you don't want that stuff popping up. Having that context awareness is really powerful. Just knowing that your phone knows when it's you and provides the right information. This is something that on Android, Cheetah mobile has been looking into with our security master app, where we have been noticing users complaining about private message information showing up in notifications and wanting those locked a little bit. So we built a privacy feature called message security that helps to pull the private chat notifications from the lock screen in case of uh, something embarrassing. This, of course, from Apple is the next stage of the technology, which is using uh, your facial recognition to pair your content with you. I think that's really interesting, has a lot of potential. For instance, Apple could use Face ID to know when my kids are using my phone and have a completely contextualized operating system around for the kids and limit access to certain apps. I don't want them getting in and deleting my Um, my work apps or changing the settings. So that's something I'd like to see is almost different user profiles based on Face ID and being able to customize access. I do have some concerns about overall privacy. I think a world where everybody's faces are recognized might be a safer world, but it would also be a scary one. You know, what if Apple could, using Face ID, figure out where people are and report them to you know police that we're looking for them that sounds like a great feature to keep everyone safe but in the wrong hands it could really violate user privacy i think we need to move toward facial recognition it's that's bound to be where things are headed i think ai is going to improve the application of it and also it's going to make for smarter situations where you can really use that context and personalize the device experience for people. I do want to talk about one awful bug that came through in iOS 11, and that was the error where the word I, or the letter, just the solitary letter I, would keep getting autocorrected into this weird symbol. I don't think Apple's been criticized enough, and I know there has been some criticism of of the company for this, but I think it really needs to be driven home quite deeply how terrible of uh, a bug this is to ruin the experience. I got it on my iPhone X and I think when you are asking for that premium and when you are shipping a product that is so polished, having an embarrassing bug like this really ruins the overall package of what Apple's trying to sell. So the company needs to take a very close look at its quality control. Whatever let this get out the door. Whatever let this slip into their software. This is inexcusable. And it's an embarrassment. Stuff like this happens, but it should not be happening at this scale and with this kind of stakes. I hope they get that sorted out. I noticed they say that they fixed it and released an update. And I'm updating my phone to uh, to see if that resolves it. People are saying the user interface on the iPhone X is confusing. And I do have to agree there. It's easy to sometimes get lost in the interface. Like if I'm doing something in landscape mode, and then I'm switching apps, and I go back in a portrait, but I'm trying to trying to figure out which orientation to, to swipe through to orient the apps, or I'm I'm trying to get to the control center on the right versus the notifications on the left. And I grab in the wrong place and the wrong thing pulls down, trying to tap up to get back to the page. There's a lot of things that have changed and in many ways changed without proper context now for how to perform those actions. Taking a screenshot's different now and so I have to remember where it is. Sometimes I get stuck in in an app and swiping out doesn't work and I'm not sure how to get out of there. I just have to reboot the phone or something uh i'm hoping some of this is just apps that need to update into the the new the new model for both ios 11 especially the iphone x and in a few years this will be natural for people as everyone switches over but i think for now apple's having some trouble trying to bring these new gestures in and communicate them and get people to remember them so uh, i know they have like a tips app but if i have to look at the tips app for my new phone In some ways, they're doing it wrong. So it'll get better over time. Look, I mean, every user interface is awkward when it's first introduced until someone finally gets it and it becomes more ingrained. I don't think it's a deal breaker, but would love to see these solutions get more advanced. I'm not a big fan, for instance, of on the Apple Pay having to double-click the power lock button in order to make the payment. I'm left-handed, so it's not really the most comfortable I have to switch positions and usually I'm juggling things. I don't want to drop the phone, but it also just doesn't make sense to me. Why, why do I need to double click that? What is this button used for? Is it used for locking? Is it used for payment? It's just Apple ran out of buttons to, because they've removed so many. And so they have to code some of these buttons with multiple uses, but understanding the context for when to use that button can be unclear. Hoping we see some progress there. I know this seems superficial, but bringing portrait mode to the selfie camera is is actually pretty great. People want to take pictures of themselves. Look, we're selfish people. We call them selfies for a reason. Trying to do portrait mode on yourself with the back camera was, was awkward because of the distance. And so it's great to be able to take these nice selfie portraits that really frame your face. I haven't been super impressed with the new lighting for the... Uh, portrait mode I haven't always used the camera in the best situations but I've found that switching between them it's not like they really jump out at me I know that I expect too much out of the camera so please take this with a grain of salt but when I got a hold of this camera I found that it, it wasn't quite as magical as I expected I was taking photos at home and it was grainy and really noisy and and then I've you know been out and trying to set up these shots and it just hasn't really worked and then the results are good they're, they're really quite good, but they're not... I don't have to think about it because it's just taking great photos. It's not really been like that for me. Again, I, I think part of it is just expectations. I do love the size of the iPhone X. I found the Plus too big and I have small hands. You know, supporting it with my pinky, I'd get some pain. And so switching to the iPhone X, the um, slimmer profile... Feels a little better in the hand. This is closer to my ideal size for an iPhone or a phone in general. And so I do like that. Yes, the screen has a lot of great real estate, even compared to the plus sizes. At the same time, the screen is so narrow that, you know, some videos or some apps really only use a small portion of the screen. And that's a bit of a shame. But I think long term, this phone feels great to put in the pocket, hold use all day. So I, I like the size. Battery life has been solid for me. I use my phone a ton. It's, it's mostly how I work. And so it's hard for me to get a whole day on a charge. If I'm using it really hard throughout the day, then I'll just plug it in at my desk, pop it on the wireless charger before I go out at night. I will say, speaking of wireless charging, it's been pretty hit or miss for me. I've had a few days where I put it on the charger and I woke up and it was, you know, not charged. I was disappointed that Starbucks those those wireless chargers built into the table use a different wireless technology, and so I can't charge it at Starbucks yet. Though they say that they're going to do that, that would be a great thing to be out during the day and just you know get a coffee, put it down on that, I don't have to worry about plugging it in, just leave it on the table and then pull it up and get a quick you know twenty percent juice or something. But I mean, the nice thing is. Unlike the headphone jack, which you're which is gone, right, if you don't like the wireless charging, just keep using the lightning cable and you'll know, you'll have something more reliable this morning when I woke up the my iPhone was at like twenty percent because somehow when I put it on the charger, it was started charging. I checked it when I put it on, but whether it's the vibrations or something overnight happening, it maybe it got bumped. it didn't keep charging, and so I had to go out for the day and bring a battery and you know, leave it plugged in for a couple hours while I was in a meeting to get my phone back up to usability. All right, let's talk about an emoji. I love them. I think sure they are silly, but they're going to be a great way to communicate. Very much apropos of how young people want to engage. I let my kids use it, and they send some fun messages to their grandparents and their uncles and aunts, and it was great to see people get really creative with an emoji early on. I don't know if you saw over the weekend. Uh, Hashtag Animoji karaoke movement where people were doing Bohemian Rhapsody with all these different characters. People are doing little barbershop quartets or raps and things. And there's a lot of fun there. You could re- do, reenact movie scenes with um, lip syncing or, um, you know, matching the audio. I think Animoji is great and really has so much potential for future AR and VR applications where being able to track. Facial expressions and emotion, and and use that to communicate, is going to really transfer over into the virtual realm. Hope to see brands get in on creating their own Animoji characters with Apple to to share. I know Snap's got a lot of filters coming out that are going to use that AR 3D tracking of the face to make really quality masks and other filters. And I think that's going to be it's going to be fun. It's not you going to save the world, but it's an interesting way to use technology to connect with other people, which is hopefully a big part of the point. The quality of the iPhone X's new OLED screen is quite remarkable. I find in the right situations it looks almost like text has been printed onto the phone, like that kind of like glossy magazine quality. It is I think that that is a big part of the experience especially because the screen is so much I haven't had a lot of trouble with the notch. I think the bigger trouble is that a lot of apps just aren't optimized for iPhone X yet, and so they're not using all the all of the screen. The Apple keyboard has a big gray space because they don't want the keyboard all the way at the bottom for your ergonomics. And so because the iPhone X is so tall, not everyone knows what to do with all that space. I think long-term, would love to see apps like Twitter and Instagram and figure out, okay, Here's how we're going to use all this space. Here's how we're going to use that that taskbar at the top. Here's how we're going to work in the the notch to to make it not feel odd. So it is a step up from the previous iPhone experience. At the same time, I'd be fine if instead of the notch, they just made the screen smaller and and put the cameras at the infrared at the top. I don't find that I get that much out of the those two little corners. At the same time. It is an interesting branding play where they use this notch, which is a limitation to make the view of the iPhone iconic. So people instantly know that you have the X over an older iPhone. And that's part of the status symbol, right? People paying extra to walk around and be like, I have this new phone and it's got this different screen and people can, can acknowledge that. I wouldn't quite call the notch courage, but I will say Apple's put a really marvelous screen into an extremely powerful mobile device with great battery and uh, solid camera. And together with some fun, unique features like Face ID and emoji, things like that, it's got this great phone. So I know the phone's backlogged a bit, but yeah, if you're thinking about splurging for the iPhone X, I would recommend it. Although hopefully a few of these issues, like finally the autocorrect error, and some of the face ID challenges, those will get worked out over time as Apple can improve the software. Overall, I think the best iPhone I've ever used, the best phone I've ever used, and maybe in some ways the best computing product that I've ever used. Yeah, looking forward to see if this is the future of smartphones, then glad to see that this is the direction we're taking. Those are my first impressions for the iPhone X after about a week of use. Happy to hear what you think if you've got an iPhone X or what you're going to decide as you think about buying one. Thanks again for listening. This is the Brand Matters podcast. I'm your host, Josh Ong, and this episode has been produced by Sebastian Liu.